coast and floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Call us right now with your home improvement question. Let us help you solve your do-it-yourself dilemma. But you got to help yourself first by picking up the phone and calling us at 1-888-MONEY-PIT, 888-666-3974. Easy to remember, easy to dial, and we will make your home improvement projects that much easier. We've got a busy show planned for you on uh, today's program coming up this hour. Would you like to do a home improvement project, but you can't seem to get started it's always that, that picking up the first tool feels like it weighs 100 pounds, you know? <laughs> Taking that first step sometimes is really but hard. But after you get into it, it becomes that much easier. Well, what if we could promise you that there's a project out there that you can do in less than 30 minutes? Might that motivate you to take that first step? There are actually a lot of projects that you can get done in under 30 minutes, and we're going to talk about some of those on today's program in just a bit. And also ahead, you know, a new floor can really make all the difference in a room that just needs a facelift. Now, the newer generations of floating floors, whether they're laminate or wood, make this nearly a foolproof do-it-yourself project. So we've got some installation tips from this old house general contractor, Tommy Silva, coming up. And with the chilly weather setting in, do you have one room in your house that just never seems to get warm? We've got a room like that. It's our kitchen. It just is always too cold in the winter and too hot in the summer. But the good news is that there is a safe and cost-effective solution that we've discovered. We're going to tell you about infrared heating. There's a new device on the market that makes this very, very effective, and we're going to tell you all about it in just a bit. And if you give us a call right now with your home improvement question, you just might win some funds to get all of your home improvement projects done because we are giving away a $100 Lowe's gift card courtesy of the folks at Pella Windows and Doors. So let's get to it. Call us right now with your home improvement question. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit. 888-666-3974. Leslie, who's first? We're heading over to North Carolina where Nicole has a roofing question. Tell us what's going on. Well, we had a tree fall on our house, and we had um, no structural damage, but we had shingle damage. Mm-hmm. And so we've been working on finding the best re-roofing option. Um, so we've gotten some estimates and been looking around and researching, doing some research on the different types of shingles and that sort of thing. And what we'd really like to do is to um, go for a metal roof, and we have a bid that's not completely outrageous, which is nice. But the question, I guess, that we have is we've been told that some people choose to leave the shingles on the roof and to put the new metal roof on top of it. Um, some people have said that, it's, that that minimizes the lifetime of the roof, of the new roof. So we're just calling to get your take on that. Okay. I think what you're doing um, is you may be confusing multiple layers of asphalt shingle roofs with um, a layer of asphalt under metal. First of all, I don't think it will shorten the lifetime. If you're talking about multiple layers of asphalt shingle roof, yes. A second layer is not going to last as long as just a single layer because a single layer acts as a heat sink and stores a lot of heat. And frankly, it'll do some of the same thing with the metal roof and will radiate some of that heat back into your house. But the nice thing about radi- about uh, metal roofs is that they have, and you should confirm this with the product you're, you're thinking about buying, but most of them have low-E paint on them. So essentially, they radiate a lot of the heat. They sort of bounce it right back out. Now, that said, I would prefer, if you're putting a metal roof on, to make sure it was on the structure and not on a, not on a previous mm-hmm. layer of roof. I don't think it should add dramatically to the cost to take off that initial layer. And I just think it's a much nicer, cleaner way 
uh, to do a metal roof. I mean, a metal roof can last you a lifetime. So why you have, 50 have plus sec- years? Yeah, why why have a second layer of, of roofing underneath that for all that time? Yeah, we've also been cautioned about how the metal lays because if it's not put right, on, right? Exactly. Yeah, and so let's say that yeah, let's say that that roof starts to buckle a bit, or the shingles start to curl underneath the metal roof. It could you know raise up the space. So I would tell you, if it was me, I'd probably pull it off, even though I didn't have to. Mm, And Nicole, you may want to check with your community, because I know in some municipalities, when you go to get your building permits, you know, some of them require a certain type of paperwork if you're leaving the roof structure as is and just putting a new layer on top. And some require a different type of permitting if you're taking everything off. So just make sure you follow up with your community so you've got everything filed before you start the process. Perfect. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Bella in North Carolina is calling in. Needs some help with a project. What can we do for you? We have a crawl space, and okay. then we put heavy duty plastic on the ground. You okay. know to keep the moisture in the ground. So mm-hmm. far, so good. And then one of my neighbors is a contractor. He says you need to put crushed stone over it so it is flat. And then there is another contractor, he said, no, don't do it, because the moisture is going to condense on the rocks, and then you're going to have water on top of the plastic. So which way should I go? Well, I don't think there's any reason to put the rocks on top of the plastic. There's no reason whatsoever to do that. You just want to put a heavy-duty plastic down and what that does is that stops the soil moisture from evaporating up into the crawl space and keeps the humidity down so there's no reason to put anything above that you're not no, the you know, only concern is that if you've had to use you know more than one piece of your plastic sheeting to sort of cover that ground area you need to make sure that you've got a really large overlap so that you know you're not allowing moisture to escape right so you don't think that's a good idea I, I already shoveled two cubic feet or two cubic yards of crust stored under the crawl space. Mm-mm. Nope, not necessary. Put the put the plastic right on top of the soil and be done with it. Yeah, well, sir. Thank you very much. I wish I contacted you two weeks ago. <laughs> okay, Bella. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Well, is this your weekend to put out your autumn decor or your spooky Halloween decorations? We can help you get your home in top frightful shape for the upcoming Halloween holiday. So give us a call 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 1-888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. Talking about holiday horrors, here's a home improvement horror, (laughs) a leaky roof, especially one that happens around your chimney. The good news is, though, that there is a quick and easy fix for this problem. We're going to give you the step-by-step instructions next. The Money Pit is brought to you by Thermatru Doors, the nation's leading manufacturer of fiberglass entry and patio door systems. Thermatru doors are Energy Star qualified and provide up to five times the insulation of a wood door. To learn more, visit thermatru.com. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. 
Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And you should give us a call right now at one 888 Pit. Why, you say? Well, not only will we help you with your home improvement question, one caller we talked to on the air this hour is going to win a $100 gift card for Lowe's courtesy of Pella Windows and Doors. Lowe's is making it easy to jumpstart your next home improvement project with 31 ways to save during 31 days in October. Spend your money wisely, though, with energy-efficient products like Pella's Designer Series 750 Windows. These are those really cool windows with blinds in between the glass. So not only are they energy efficient, you never have to dust. Oh, I love that. Sure. (laughs) Dusting window shades and window blinds is like the most tedious. So to skip that chore is fantastic. And you know what, guys? Replacing your old windows and doors with more energy efficient ones from Pella, which are sold at Lowe's, can actually help you save energy year round and could really help you save at tax time, too. Now, one lucky caller that we talked to on the air this hour is going to win. So give us a call at one 888 money pit but if you don't win today tune in again next week because we're giving away a $100 gift card every week this month 888-666-3974 well here is uh, one area of home improvement that really can be horrific and that is a roof leak that happens around your chimney fortunately though it's pretty easy to take care of to keep your chimney's structural integrity intact It's important to make sure that there are no leaks, and the common weak link in the masonry chimney is the crown. Now, that's the cement area between, like, the outside edge of the brick and the terracotta clay chimney liner. Mm -hmm. When the crown cracks, which happens, it happens all the time, it's almost normal it happens so frequently, water gets down into the chimney, and then during the winter, that water gets trapped in those cracks, it can freeze, it can expand, it will break up the crown, it will break up the brick, and in the springtime, it'll actually leak right down through the chimney into the fireplace and can come out all sides of the chimney once it gets in the building and show up even as a leak on your ceiling. The good news is that it's very easy to fix. You just got to go look for it and you have to caulk it and you want to use silicone caulk. And if you do that every year, Keep it from opening up, keep it from spreading, keep the water from getting down there. Your chimney will stay in excellent structural shape and you won't have any leaks to deal with. Mm -hmm. And the good news is this is a project that only takes a half an hour and it's one of our 30 under 30 projects that we've got listed in our book, My Home, My Money Pit, Your Guide to Every Home Improvement Adventure. And climbing up on a ladder to look at your chimney truly is an adventure. (laughs) Check it out right now at moneypit.com for a sneak peek. 888-666-3974. Call us with your next home improvement adventure because we are here to help. Now we're going to talk to Liz in Delaware who needs help with a bathroom project. What's going on? I have an old house and and the bathroom has those tiles all the way around, you know, those square tiles. I want to bring down my um, medicine cabinet because all you can see is the top of your head. (laughs) Okay. Uh, So I wondered if you... Do I have to take off the, the tiles? It might be like three or four before this medicine cabinet goes down. Do I have now, to is, the, it? is it the kind of medicine cabinet, Liz, that's set into the wall? Yes. All right. Well, it's a fairly big job. So mm-hmm. let me and tell there's going to be a repair above where now you have the exactly. hole where it used to be. 
So let me tell you the steps. First of all, you're going to have to remove the old medicine cabinet out of the wall so you can kind of have plenty of room to work. Yeah. Um, then to, to lower it, uh, there, I'll give you one trick of the trade. I have to get another one. I have to get a new one because this is all corroded. Right? Okay. Well, go ahead and get a new one. But yeah. to lower it, get it down further. Uh, one of the ways that I might think about doing that is to use a tool called a roto zip. A roto zip kind of looks a little, a bit like a router and a bit like a drill. And what it does is it actually can carve right through that tile. It's a great tool for plumbers or anybody that has to sort of cut a small hole at a tile. It kind of works like a router, and it will mm-hmm. just saw right through that stuff. And I would use a rotor zip and saw out the old tile to the new opening size to get the new uh, medicine cabinet in. You may also, above where the tile ends, you may have to pack that out a little bit because remember the tile is going to be about a quarter inch thicker than the wall above it. So you may have to offset that. And then on top of the medicine cabin, assuming you don't have one that's taller than what you had, you're going to have a hole, as Leslie said before, that you're going to have to fill in. And that can be accomplished simply by cutting a piece of drywall to fit and taping and spackling it. So, you know, it's a lot of work. You might just want to think about buying a stool. It's probably a lot easier. (laughs) Oh, no. Wear more high heels. That's right. You're really supposed to look at half your body in the medicine cabinet, not the top of your head, because it's got a high ceiling. So. Well, that's what you're up against, Liz. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Now we've got David in Iowa who's working on a basement floor. Tell us what's going on. Hi, Leslie. Yeah, Hi, David. The sewer backed up into our basement. Oh, goodness. Carpet Sorry to hear down that. There. So I pulled out the carpet and the pad. And I was and got thinking. it far, far away from your house, <laughs> <laughs> wearing those plugs, and ran from it. And I was thinking of options and what to put down instead because I was reluctant to do carpet again. So my wife wanted to do ceramic tile, but it's about 540 square feet. That would be kind of pricey, so mm-hmm. I was just going to paint it with epoxy paint. And I was wondering if that would be a good idea. And there are a lot of bowls and waves in the mm-hmm. concrete. Okay. Well, that's all fixable. Hit. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think you've got a bunch of options. Um, epoxy paint, definite possibility. They have a lot of good-looking colors on epoxy paint and a lot of different sort of chip surfaces. Like additives. Yeah, additives that, that kind of give it a nice decor uh, look to it. Um, the other things that you could think about doing would be either laminate flooring or even engineered hardwood floor. Mm-hmm. And, of course, these are all things that, you know, run the gamut of the price range. You know, even with ceramic tile, which is something that your wife likes, you know, you can get something for as low as 2 to $3 a square up to, you know, $100 a square. So you really need to sort of look at your budget. But Tom's right. You can go laminate. You can go engineered hardwood. Those are all things that are made to be in that super moist area that is your basement on that concrete subfloor. And another thing, you know, you're mentioning this epoxy flooring, but you did say I heard that the floor is kind of wavy and a little uneven. There are a ton of products out there. Is it Abitron, Tom, is the website? Mm -hmm. Abitron. They make uh, something called Abocrete or Abocast. I forget which is the one. But it's a compound that you mix up and sort of put over the floor that you already have. And it sort of self-levels and evens out the areas where there are dips and divots. And I mean, it's it's a process. It takes a couple of days. But if you're going to go with that epoxy floor, you want it to look smooth. Can I just put more concrete? No, it won't no. stick to each no, other. No, no, no. It won't stick. No, you need an epoxy patching compound. That's the only thing that's going to adhere. Okay. Otherwise, it'll just pop right off. 
And then you'll have an area that's half epoxy coated and one that's not. <laughs> so don't even mess with it. Definitely level okay. it off first. And it's not a difficult process. It's just, you know, a bag of powdery material that you've got to mix up. And, you know, it's work. But it does make the floor fantastic. You know, we had a similar situation. We had the basement flood with carpeting. Uh, took all the carpeting up. The concrete subfloor was a disaster. And I mean, there were some real areas of unevenness. And that abocrete, like, saved my basement's life. Like, it re- it took three days to cure with fans and, like, really a process. But that floor looks fantastic. And then we put a laminate over it, which is, we love it. All right. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. All right, now we've got a neighbor of mine calling from Glen Cove, New York. Elizabeth, welcome to the Money Pit. I live in Garden City, so that's why you're oh, my neighbor. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> what can we do for you today? I heard the program about roof stains. Okay. I have it all down, gentle power wash, water bleach, OxiClean could be used. And I don't understand the copper or nickel ridge band. Ridge bands. Well, when you are dealing with the stains that are associated with your roof, um, moss, mildew, etc., the nickel and the copper, it's a natural material that when it gets rained on, it sort of releases some of those minerals within itself. And as that runs down your roof, it's a natural cleanser for that for mildew that might grow. Correct. All right. Now, um, if you don't, you don't have to do a ridge vent, right, Tom? You can just put a metal like strip or flashing, correct? Right, exactly. I'm not too good on this stuff. I have to hire someone to do it. Would I get a roofer? Yes, a roofer could do it or a handyman could do it very easily. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. You know, an easy way to give a tired room a brand spanking new look is a new floor. Now, today's floating floors, they're easier than ever to install. So we've got a few expert tips from This Old House general contractor Tom Silva next. And today's This Old House segment is presented by TreeWax, all natural hardwood floor cleaner since 1935. Tree Wax products have set the standard for quality floor care with a line of waxes, sealers, and cleaning products. On the Money Pit Radio Show, pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home by calling 888-MONEY-PIT. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Fit Home Improvement Radio Show, where home solutions live. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Call us right now with your home improvement question, your do-it-yourself dilemma at 1-888-MONEY-PIT. Well, one of the most common questions we get here on the Money Pit is how to install flooring. And the good news is that installing flooring has become easier and easier to do, making it a perfect do-it-yourself project. Absolutely. And that is especially true when it comes to the wide array of products that can be installed as floating floors. For the step-by-step on this project, we turn now to how-to expert Tom Silva from TV's This Old House, who practices magic in his spare time and knows how to make floors levitate and float all by themselves. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, it's nice to be here, guys. How are you doing? Oh, it's great to have you, Tommy. And let's talk about uh, what a floating floor is. It's not quite that magical, but it means that it simply sits on top of an old one, right? Right. It's really the the way that you install the floor. So it's a floor installation. Uh, so that f- new floating floor just sits on top of the floor below. So no glue, no nailing, no, no mechanical attachment. fasteners. Right. Got it. Got right. it. Now, how many floors use that kind of design today? Are there a lot of options and materials? You can get just about anything you want, any width, any species, uh, like 
Like uh, you can get laminate floors, you can get engineered hardwood floors, you can get bamboo, cork, and even vinyl and tile. Now, because they're floating, what about an underlayment? Is there something specific to each type of floor that you should be using when doing the installation? The first thing you want to do is you want to read what the manufacturer recommends. Some manufacturers want a vapor barrier under it. Some manufacturers have their own vapor barrier that they want you to use. Some manufacturers recommend a foam underneath it. So, like I say, it's very important that you follow their instructions. And what about during the installation process? I mean, you know, you always see some sort of finish around the baseboard, whether it's a shoe molding or a quarter round. Do you need to give yourself some sort of gap around the perimeter of the room for expansion? Right. When you put a floating floor together, each piece connects to itself. It clips together, glues together, depending on which one. So now that floor now becomes one giant piece of flooring. That flooring is going to expand and contract, and it's going to, it's going to need some place to go. So you have to create a gap around the perimeter of the room, a minimum usually of a quarter of an inch. You can cover that gap with the baseboard or a shoe molding. Sounds easy enough. Now, because you're putting a second layer of flooring on top of the original, there's some thickness that you're building up there. I mean, by the time you get done with the flooring and the thickness, you've got to be up to a half inch or so. Are there situations where that could kind of get you in trouble? Absolutely. Suppose you go into a kitchen, for example, and you're putting a half inch floor on top of that kitchen, and that that dishwasher that's under that counter just made it in there. Oh, well, yeah. If you've got to service that dishwasher, are you going to be able to get it out? You've got to think about that. So you think about the thickness of the floor. It's very important. Now, Tommy, since you work in older homes quite often, have you ever encountered an instance where this floating type of flooring just isn't going to work there? I actually haven't encountered a situation where I couldn't use it, but it takes a little more prep work to make the floor go in and look good. Well, i got to tell you, I've got an 1886 uh, kitchen with a floating floor on it right now. I'd be embarrassed to tell you how many dips and weaves there are in that. <laughs> it's really stood up quite well. Tommy Silva from TV's This Old House, thank you so much for stopping by the Money Pit. It's my pleasure. And there's a great video and article on thisoldhouse.com on this very subject. All right, you can catch more tips from Tom Silva and the entire This Old House team on your local PBS station. And This Old House is brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Up next, as cooler fall temperatures set in, you might be reminded of that cold spot in your house that just never seems to get warm. That's right. Up next, we've got a solution in the form of a portable heater that is totally safe and can help you cut your heating costs as well. All those details after this. The Money Pit is brought to you by Stanley Tools, your trusted name in quality hand tools. To learn more about their complete line of quality tools and everything for your toolbox, visit stanleytools.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we'd love to hear from you. So pick up the phone and give us a call at 1-888-MONEY-PIT. We want to hear what you're working on and we want to give you a hand. And if you are lucky enough to get on the air with us this hour, one of you is going to be extremely lucky because we are giving away a $100 gift card for Lowe's, courtesy of our friends over at Pella Windows and Doors. Now, Lowe's is making it easy to jumpstart your next home improvement project because they've got a promo. It's $31. 
31 ways to save during the 31 days of October. Now, you can spend your money wisely with energy-saving products like the Pella Designer Series 750 windows. And these are those really cool windows with the blinds in between the glass panes. And you guys know how much I love to clean. I mean, I really do. But dusting those window shades and blinds, not so much. And with them encased in the glass, you never have to clean them again. You know, replacing old windows and doors with more energy-efficient ones, like those from Pella, which are sold at Lowe's, can help you save energy year-round. And that can actually help you out of tax time, too. One caller we talked to on the air this hour is going to win that $100 gift card. So call us right now at one eight 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 Money Pit. And if you don't win today, tune in again next week. We're giving away 100 bucks in gift cards every week this month. All right. Well, if you haven't already, and believe me, some of us in the United States have, pretty soon you're going to be turning up that thermostat to get your house nice and toasty. But did you know that every two degrees that you lower your thermostat in the winter could save you 10% off your energy bills? Well, to supplement the heat in the room that you use most often, you might want to consider a portable heater. And, you know, we've got a new sponsor that I'm totally loving because I've got one room in my house that is always cold and can definitely benefit from this product. It's called the SunHeat Electronic Infrared Zone Heater. And this is a supplemental heater that uses infrared heating to warm any area of your home. So you can turn down the furnace, stay warm, and save money. And that's important because we end up having to overheat some parts of our house. Just to, to accommodate. Get, yeah, just to, just to basically to accommodate it and to get heat in that chillier room. And most people spend like 80% of their time and 20% of their house. So why pay to heat the entire house? The original Sun Heat is a more effective brand of heat that can pay for itself in one heating season. To learn more, go to sunheat.com or call them at 877-GO-SUNHEAT, 877-GO-SUNHEAT. Sun heat, and then let us know what you think because I got to tell you, I'm really happy with this product. Marianne calling in from New York is dealing with a situation on the pavers. What's going on? A lot of moss growing on on the bricks and in between them. Okay, moss. Moss. All right. Well, that's not a terrible thing. No, it's I mean not. it's. It's not a difficult problem. It's something that can be handled very easily. And once we've gotten rid of the moss, what you want to do, Tom, would you use Roundup or would you use bleach and water at this point? I would probably use bleach and water um, on the moss because Roundup is going to be good for plants, Mm -hmm. like grass and weeds that are coming up through it. But with moss, I'd probably use a bleach and water solution. And I would get rid of all the moss. And then those gaps between the brick, I would fill them with sand. And there's a polymer-based sand that Quickrete makes that it's will called sort of, joint lock. You know, sort of set set in place and lock in place, and that actually plugs those gaps and stops weeds from growing up through them. Mm-hmm. You can get it at pretty much any home center, but I would start with Quickrete's website and look at the product called Joint Lock, and then see where you can find it. But I'm sure you can get it anywhere. And you want to sweep it into all of the joints between your brick pavers on your walkway, and then you hose it down. And what happens is the water sort of activates the polymer in the sand, and it becomes almost like a a caulk, if you will. It sort of goops together and fills in the gaps. Nothing can grow through it. But then if you ever have an issue where you need to pick up one of those bricks, you can easily sort of rock it back and forth and pull that brick out. Marianne, thanks so much for calling us at 1-888-MONEYPIT. Tanya's up next with a grout question from Virginia. How can we help you? Hi. We are remodeling a bathroom in our new, well, not new, new to us home. Mm -hmm. Okay. And we have tiled the entire wall area, the shower, and then mm-hmm. the bottom half of the rest of the bathroom. That's a big project. It is, and we've, we've done really well with it, and it's grouted, 
and we're trying to figure out what type of sealer to put mm-hmm. on that grout. Okay. Yeah, you want to use a silicon-based sealer. Okay. Okay. And there's a lot of great applicators out there to help mm-hmm. you get it on to just the grout area. There are some that looks like a little nail polish bottle with a brush actually built right in. There are some that have like a spongy wheel. Pick whichever whichever one you feel comfortable with and which helps the the sealer to flow properly from it. And once okay. you do that, you will be so happy because your grout will actually stay clean. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, thank you. You're welcome, Tanya, and good luck with that project. It sounds like you guys have uh, done a lot of work there, and uh, this is the final step. We're happy to help you out with it. Thank you so much. 888-666-3974. Leslie, who's next? Mark in Virginia is dealing with a very moist garage. Tell us about the problem. Yes. I have mold in my garage. Uh, It's due to standing water on the outside. I came home from a business trip, and come inside to cut the grass and I've grabbed my work boots and they're all covered with mold. Since then I called the landscaper and he's going to be regrading the yard to put soil around the house to push the water away. We also talked about putting plastic downspouts under the ground and carry it out further away from the house. Well, those are two very good things because you do want to move the water away from the house. Make sure if you add soil that it's not uh, not not uh, topsoil, because landscapers love to put too much topsoil around the house. The grading improvement should be made with clean fill dirt, not topsoil. You can put a little bit of topsoil on top of it, but the grade has to be made with clean fill dirt. If you put too much topsoil around it, basically it's going to do the opposite, and market's going to hold water around the house. You don't want that to happen. So those are two things to do. Um, have you cleaned up the mold that you found in the garage? I'm in the process of doing it, and that is a very timely experience, mm-hmm. i tell you that. Yeah. I've thrown away a lot of cardboard boxes and yeah. just using plastic bins right now. Right. Yeah, well, that's, that's all mold food. Oh, okay. Yeah, Anything you know that's a natural fiber, fabrics, papers, cardboard, which is typically things that you store items in, you know, is terrible in a high moisture situation. And once you get a good system with those plastic bins, you'll be able to see everything that's in them be super organized, which is great for an extra space like this. Okay, awesome. That's great. All right. Mm-hmm. Awesome. All right. Well, I want to thank you very much. My wife and I love listening to your show. We think it's awesome. Thanks, well, thank Mark. Thank you so much. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Ari in New Jersey, you've got the Money Pit. How can we help you today? Hi. Um, I'm currently uh, buying a, th- a thirty four hundred square foot home with many large windows. Congratulations. And, oh, thank you, thank you. And um, I was given an estimate on doing a 25% window tint. I was given an estimate of uh, between two and $3,000, mm-hmm. and I was told that that would help me uh, you know, reduce my uh, utility bills. Well, this is a new house. Uh, what kind of windows are they putting in there, Ari? Are these Energy Star windows? Are they low-E windows? Are they insulated windows? Uh, the truth is, I'm not sure. I know they're Anderson uh, double pane. Oh, well, that's a very good window, then. That's a very good window. You probably have a low E coating, so that's going to reduce uh, the heat. It'll reduce the solar glare to some extent as well. Um, I mean, some folks like the tint, but I don't think that there's an energy-saving argument for it. Mm-hmm. Not on brand-new windows like that that are already pretty energy-efficient. I think I think you need to look into the qualities of the window that you're buying that you're getting with the house, 
and make the decision from there. If these are Energy Star rated windows, I think you're in very good shape right now. Uh-huh. Okay, fine. All right. Maybe you can put that into furniture. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, thank you so much. You're welcome, Ari. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. You know, we talk about installing a floating floor being a fairly easy DIY project, but what if you've got bumps and dips to deal with? Up next, we're going to teach you how to level that field before you begin so that you can install a beautiful new floating laminate or engineered hardwood floor. Not that hard. Simple DIY job. Find out how after this. On the Money Pit Radio Show. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And Halloween is now right around the corner for great ideas on avoiding tricks but keeping the treats in this year's celebrations. Check out MoneyPit.com for ideas. We've got advice on keeping pranksters away. We've got some tips on safe lighting for your walkway and a lot more. Just search Halloween at MoneyPit.com. Hey, and if you've got a question that you want to ask us, but you're too shy to pick up the phone, no worries. Email us. We jump into the email bag every week, and I've got one here from Mitch, who writes, We want to install a new kitchen flooring in our 26-year-old house. It's currently linoleum that we want to cover in laminate. The problem is there are a few dips in the floor. What advice can you give us? Well, I found uh, that laminate is reasonably resilient, and I will say that the last time I put laminate down in our kitchen... Now, this is an 1886 house. It's got plenty of rolls, believe me. It's up, it's down. <laughs> You've um, got bunny hills, not There's not a, hills, not there's not a flat, flat floor in this entire house. And it took it very, very well. Uh, what you can do is there's an underlayment that goes uh, under this laminate floor. And if you do have an area that's a dip, um, a little trick of the trade is that you can double up the, lump, the underlayment there. It's sort of like a padding so you can double it up where it sort of is down or double it up on either sides of to the place where it's crowned it to sort of smooth it out. That's right. And um, if you want to do an extra good job, you can glue the joints of the floor together. They do snap together, but if you put a little bit of glue in them, which sometimes if you're doing a tough installation like a bathroom, they recommend, you can glue those joints. Just make sure, you know, you got a one shot to get it in there and get it done right. But if you use a, a yellow glue and you let it dry, you can you know, basically peel it right off the surface because it doesn't actually stick to the laminate itself. It's kind of like wax paper. It won't stick to the surface, so you can mm-hmm. peel it right off, you know, without damaging the floor. I, I wouldn't let it go too, until it's, like, super hard. But when it gets kind of rubbery, you can peel it off and then sort of damp sponge anything that's, that's left behind. But I think that you definitely uh, could put it on a floor that has a little bit of dip in it. All righty. All right. Next up, we've got Emily in California who writes, we just moved into a home with ceiling tiles in several rooms. I've yet to determine what's underneath them. Is there a way to paint them or replace them? Or would it be better to deal with what's underneath? I'm assuming she means like a suspended ceiling, correct? Well, I was thinking fiber tile, like the interlocking kind. Oh. It depends. I mean, if it's a spend, it would be easy enough to lift, lift it yeah, up. Yeah, because you can why, just pop those out. Yeah, I'm thinking that she's talking about fiber tile that are like interlocking. Okay. And yeah, Almost like I mean, a tongue and groove type thing. Yeah, that's right. Um, I'll tell you what's going to happen. If you pull those down, they're going to be on furring strips. Oh, they're going to crumble. Well, not only will they fall apart, but they'll be on like furring strips. So you're going to have to pull those down, take out a bunch of staples, and then pull down like one by twos that are probably underneath that or something of that nature. And you're going to end up with a ceiling that's been pretty badly damaged. And then you got to figure out what to do about it. So if you're not totally hating the fiber tile, why not paint it? Mm-hmm. I mean, you could paint it. It would absorb a lot of paint. 
Um, but use ceiling paint because it's a little thicker and it doesn't drip as well. And definitely prime it first mm-hmm. because you don't know what's on that surface, how long it's been there, and that primer yeah. is really going to adhere well to it. And if you want it to absorb something, let it absorb the primer and then your top coat color. And if you're going with you know an interesting shade other than like a neutrally color, make sure you get that primer tinted to sort of help you along with that top coat. And if it's that foam that's kind of textural, go with that roller that looks like it's sliced like a spiral ham just to sort of open up and accommodate whatever texture might be on that foam ceiling. And that'll really help you get the paint on there really well. And one more thing, if you decide to get rid of the ceiling tile, don't take off the furring strips. Just take down the ceiling tile and put new half-inch drywall right on top of the furring strips. Yes, you'll be giving up a little bit of space, but it'll just be a lot easier because you'll have a lot of strips. Those strips will be 12 inches on center. And you'll have plenty of space there to, to attach the ceiling, mm-hmm. and it'll come out flatter and look a lot cleaner when you're done. Mm-hmm. And that's a really great ceiling application as well. And it's a very encouraging do-it-yourself project, because when it comes out great, you did a super job. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Thank you so much for spending this hour with us. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. 